Well, I don't, it doesn't matter if you're a soccer fan or not. This is a very big deal. The most watched sporting event on the planet is coming to Canada in 2026. World Cup games, World Cup of soccer, men's soccer games will be played in Vancouver and Toronto when Canada, the U.S. and Mexico, mostly the U.S., but Canada and Mexico too, co-host the men's soccer tournament in 2026. Edmonton was also considered, but was not among the host cities announced by FIFA on Thursday. American cities, there's a ton of them, Seattle, San Francisco, Los Angeles, Kansas City, etc., uh, New York, uh, and Mexico City and Monterey and Guadalajara. And Mexico will also get games in what is an expanded 48-game tournament. There'll be a lot of games. Of course, Vancouver's BC Place hosted nine games during the 2015 Women's World Cup, including the final. Toronto hosted the Pan Am Games in 2019. Uh, both BC Place and Toronto's BMO Field will need some upgrades ahead of the uh, the tournament. Vancouver will have to install grass. Toronto's expected to expand the stadium's capacity uh, to the FIFA minimum of 40,000. But today there was lots of joy. Melanie Mark is BC's Minister of Tourism, Arts and Culture and Sport. She says the tournament will be a boost for the province. Meanwhile, Toronto's Mayor John Tory says being a host city is a great opportunity for them. This is going to be an investment for British Columbians. This is BC Place. British Columbians own this stadium. It's been empty for two years because of the pandemic. And we have a chance to invite those visitors here to come and stay in our hotels and go to our restaurants and shop and visit. This is as much about the economy as it is about sports. And our opportunity to build this city up in terms of what is already a good reputation, to make it a great reputation and get the best in the world to come and live and invest uh, here uh, in what I think is uh, the single greatest place they could come in the world to do business. Melly Mark there and uh, John Tory, Toronto's mayor, of course. Uh, it's not cheap. It uh, The BC government estimates uh, staging and hosting of the World Cup will range, the price will range between 240 and $260 million. Still, it is a very exciting day, specifically if you're a soccer fan, especially if you're a soccer fan. Joining me now is Patrick Johnston. He's a sports reporter with the Vancouver Sun and the province. Thanks so much for your time tonight. Thanks for having me, Ben. I mean, I think the first World Cup I watched was on a little black and white TV with my Scottish uncle back in 1982. <laughs> uh, and, you know, I guess 1994, when they played in the U.S., may have laid bare to that a bit. But I don't think I ever would have imagined there'd be World Cup games being played in Canada. It is really a, really exciting, I find. It, well, it is one of those ones that's a reminder of, of how far, I guess, we've come. You know, we're, this is a, we've got a men's national team that's finally made the World Cup. Obviously, the women's national team has been <clears throat> doing great things for a long time. Um, but, but just the, the idea, I think, you know, obviously both of us growing up in this country and really knowing that to, when it came to the men's World Cup, the, you know, we were just never there. And all of a sudden, they were right in the middle of it. And, you know, I think realistically, we'll be there on merit, not just as a team that's, that's hosting it. It's, it's a really, it's a big thing for, for sport in this country it, because it's such an accessible sport. It is the global sport, as you mentioned. And, uh, you know, so many eyeballs. And it'll be, you know, it's a great thing for our city as well, I think. Yeah, I mean, I guess it was a little bit anticlimactic. It seemed everyone knew that uh, Vancouver and Toronto would be the choices. I, I think, yeah. I mean, once once we sort of caught wind, I guess what last summer when Premier Oregon first started hinting at it, and then and then you know the official return to the candidate list earlier this year, you sort of got the sense, okay, we can see what's going on here. I mean, a lot of it has to do with in the end facilities, um, BC Place, that the renovation, which you know obviously was costly coming out of the Olympics. Um, brought it up to sort of an international standard that that has carried it forward you know we that's part of the reason why the rugby sevens have been here it's part of the reason why we were able to have the 2015 women's world cup here 
Um, and it is part of the reason why we are going to be hosting games in 2026. So the stadium makes the most sense of all the options in Canada. It is the biggest venue. It is sort of got the most modern facilities attached to it. Um, obviously, the city itself uh, lends, I think, uh, there is sort of an international aspect. People know Vancouver more and more now, and obviously a lot of that goes back to us hosting the Olympics. Uh, it, once we were back in the mix, I think it, it would seem pretty clear that, you know, it was going to be a, t- a tough case for Edmonton. Uh, Toronto, obviously, being the biggest city in Canada, it was, I think, a no-brainer. There are still some upgrades they need to make, make as you mentioned, to uh, to BMO Field there, but uh, yeah, I mean, once once we were back in, I, I think it felt like a foregone conclusion. Just looking at sort of the mix of cities they were looking for and the way they kind of want to orient things, not just <clears throat> not just uh, north to south in terms of having three cities in Mexico, a couple in Canada, but sort of east to west, trying to have a balance in terms of where your games are and where they're going to fall on uh, on global time zones. Because of course, that's the other thing you have to think about is how how you're trying to send uh, games around the world on television. Yeah, I remember watching the World Cup in Korea and Japan. That was that was a that was a challenge if you lived in uh, at the time of I was living in Ottawa. I think yeah, that was a challenge or Toronto. Um, what happened? You mentioned it in your article uh, this uh, this evening in the Vancouver yeah. Vancouver Sun. What happened to Edmonton? I mean, well, I, I, I think I think more than anything, like I said, it comes back from what I can gather. It comes back to down sort of with the stadium. I mean, Commonwealth Stadium is a is a big stadium. It's been there a long time, but I, I just get the sense that when it comes, you know, when it came to shaking out, and it's not just looking at Vancouver and looking at Toronto, but it is also just looking at the other options that are there. And, um, you know, the, the list of of stadiums, I mean, this is the thing to remember, even BC Place, which seems big, uh, as it stands, will be the third largest, or sorry, fourth largest um, uh, stadium hosting world, or sorry, fourth smallest, pardon me, Right. Uh, I'm trying to say fourth smallest yeah. stadium, you know, only ahead of the, of the two uh, t- the two Mexican stadiums that are not Azteca, so the stadium in Monterrey and then the stadium in Guadalajara, and then and then BMO itself. I mean, BMO is supposed to get some upgrades, but only up to I think forty or forty five thousand. So, you know, it, you know, it, the, the truth is, is that Commonwealth had, you know, it would be a smaller venue. All of the American stadiums are all NFL stadiums. Um, they're all, you know, uh, the smallest is, is 65,000 and you're going all the way up to MetLife in, in New Jersey, which is almost 90,000 people. Um, you're talking about huge venues. And, and I think that was a that was a drawback. And, you know, in the end, the truth is, is that Edmonton, you know, if, you, if you're looking for sort of other elements of infrastructure, you're talking about hotels, you're talking about sort of ability to host things. Um, it, it's just not. It's just not at the same scale as most of the other cities that we're looking at on on this list. That's just, it's just. I think just the reality of it in the end. Right. Um, before, I mean, there's only ten games being played. If listeners don't know, there are sixty games being played in the U.S. Plus everything, all the elimination, um, yeah. quarterfinals on. Uh, just ten games in each of Mexico and Canada. So, who might we be seeing here, and how many games may end up in each city? I, I hope they do it. Five five, but who knows? Well, yeah, that's interesting to see the thing. I mean, you're, you're looking at um, it'll be essentially three team groups. So, so you know, uh, to, to sort out because it's going to be a 48 team World Cup, uh, which is you know up from the 32 that the current one is going to be. Uh, so you're adding 16 16 groups of three, three teams each. So well, essentially, I think you know, I think the best way to look at it is we'll, we'll host a group. Um, and then, and then the way the rest of those games are going to shake out really kind of depends on 
what what else they're looking for. But uh, you know, there, there is going to be a round of thirty-two. Uh, there'll be around a 16 and we'll, we'll see how it all, how it all is going to break down. Because like I said, you know, the, the, the closer you get to the finish, the more you more you're looking at the bigger stadiums because you're trying to fill as many seats in there. And of course the real money comes down to TV. And uh, you know, this is the thing with these large events is there's always a huge portion of tickets set aside for sponsors and dignitaries and, and what have you. So, I mean, if you think back to the Russian uh, World Cup uh, in 2018. I mean, the number of empty seats there was shocking because it was just simply sponsors that didn't show up. I mean, this is something we know well from the Olympics as well. Um, so it'll, it'll be interesting to see how those tickets get shaked out. But but yeah, I think, you know, that there'll be probably five or six games here. Uh, you know, obviously five, five games in Toronto, uh, depending on how it all shakes out. And um, yeah, I mean, it seems like there's a good chance we could host Canada. I certainly think, you know, in terms of you, you would expect if Canada would play in one of the two cities. And if you're looking at the, at venues, like I said, BC Place is going to be the biggest venue in Canada uh, of the two options. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's always it's always a bit of the luck of the draw. I'm assuming they're going to have Canada play here. Uh, you know, I was, I was looking at some of the games being played because my dad's not a soccer fan. I always try to convince him to watch. He's like, you know, son, I turned on the World Cup, but it was, you know, it was Morocco, Croatia, and it ended nil nil, and I'm never watching soccer again. Yeah, uh, <laughs> which always happens. Um, economic boost. I mean, clearly this, this isn't inexpensive. Uh, the BC government yeah. said two forty to two hundred sixty million, um, but they're already making the case that this will be a big boost for the big boost for the economy regardless i mean it is one of those ones that i'm always sort of skeptical well look look at all these things that are coming well let's be honest these are money that mostly get spent one way or another um how you shake it out doesn't really matter you know what it comes down to is that sort of civic pride aspect i mean we we did a good job with the winter olympics and especially when you look at how much it's cost in other places um could that money have been spent in other ways? Of course. Um, I think it's, it's, did you go outlandish? Was it over the top? Uh, you know, a quarter of a billion dollars is a lot of money. Um, but there is, there is that aspect of, of, you know, is there, a, is there sort of an emotional boost? Is there a, a pride that comes with I it? And Patrick I certainly Jones think when, just, uh... I, I think when we look back, you know, to a decade ago, or to 12 years ago, to the Olympics. The, the amount of civic pride that came out of that was, was remarkable, and I think that's really what we come back to. The, the idea that there's sort of an ex- economic justification, I think, is always a difficult case to make, but certainly that pride aspect is always there. I fell out there. Sorry, sometimes it disconnects. I'm still working remotely, so I was getting all excited about the soccer talk there. Um <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that, Patrick. I was um, wondering what I, had happened there, but yeah, I just I just vanished. I, the, 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 it was FIFA. FIFA cut me out. <laughs> um, I, I guess it, the game is it? Gonna, it's going to happen in July. Is that right, or do we know? I, I it'll be June, July. I mean, it was funny. I just saw a notification or a reminder that uh, it was uh, you know you mentioned the Korea Japan World Cup 2006. Um, but uh, the, 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 it was the you know, 16th anniversary of Lionel Messi making his first appearance for Argentina. Um, but yeah, usually World Cup, June, July. But the Qatar World Cup right now obviously being played November, December just because of the reality of where it is in the world and how hot it would be at this time of year. Um, but yeah, I think the expectation would be in general the global calendar falls around now because, uh, you know, the, the essentially over the winter spring uh is is reserved for for club competition 
And we'll have a Team Canada that's already uh, World Cup seasoned after this year in in Qatar. So it should be it should be great because uh, I guess all three teams, the U.S., Mexico, and Canada, yeah. will automatically qualify as hosts. Yeah, exactly. And you know, as I said earlier, it's going to be a forty-eight team World Cup. There, you know, there's so it it, it will, will be quite the global spectacle. It'll be interesting to see, you know, in the end, what that really means. Obviously, you'll have some teams coming in that uh, you know it'll be fun to see. It's always fun to see some names there, but but. You know, in the end, top teams will remain. I think you know you'll serve you have your handful of, of true contenders, a couple, you know, a few pretenders, and then got and then teams that are sort of just happy to be there. You know, obviously Canada uh, had such a good run qualifying for for Qatar um, that you know I think there's a bit of buzz on them. But the truth is, in the end, they're still we're you know we're still an outsider nation. We'll see how this shakes out. Obviously, a lot of young players. Who are sort of really just coming into their prime, and and in four years' time will be, you know, I mean, well, you look at Alfonso Davies or John David, how well they've been playing, and that, you know, they are now some of the best young players in the world. And uh, four years from now, they'll be some of the sort of in their prime, you know, hopefully top players in the world, and, and you know, Canada could could surprise, I suppose. And it'll be happening right in uh, in our backyard. Patrick Johnson, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for hanging on while I came back. <laughs> well, thanks for thanks for having me on, Ben, and hopefully you don't have any more problems. <laughs>